She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 2. Episode 3. Blood. Vampires! Yes, blood. It's gotta be vampires. God, absolutely. It has to be vampires. Like, the name is Blood. What else could it be? Yeah, it has to be vampires. Yeah, so this episode is about vampires, and I'm very excited. I'm super jazzed. So here's the summary. Something is causing regular citizens in a small town to snap and murder people with their bare hands in strange fits of rage. Mulder and Scully investigate, wondering what could be causing these people to snap. Is it some kind of chemical being sprayed? A top secret experiment relating to phobias? Vampires? Huh? Huh? Mulder and Scully try to identify the cause before more people die. I mean, does it really sound like vampires? I mean, it could be. Don't don't break my heart. It does really sound like vampires. It could be. People could be, they could be inspiring people to kill. I mean, people will do wild things for I mean, they could be, I guess so. they could be being all passive aggressive on their radio talk show, <laughs> getting people to kill each other. Uh, you know, I mean, but... vampires have done worse things. It doesn't sound like vampires. <laughs> doesn't don't break my heart yet though let's okay it could be i'm holding out hope okay holding out for a hero yeah all right so the story of this episode is by darren morgan but the actual man yeah it's by fluke man uh the actual script was written by glenn morgan and james wong i guess they hadn't decided to let him actually write an episode yet so he probably well i think there was like a time thing where like he had the idea but they didn't have time and i guess he has not maybe he's not great at writing scripts yet so they just banked it out they did it so Yeah. yeah so he came up with the story idea and then they wrote the script and then it was directed by david nutter it was filmed in vancouver new westminster and at the university of british columbia I actually don't know where that is. So I probably should have looked that up to see what city that was in. But probably yeah. Vancouver? I, I don't would, know. You know, I didn't think about it. All. I'm sure it's close to Vancouver. I bet it's in British Columbia. <laughs> I would I would guess yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. Its original air date was Friday, September 30th, 1994. And had a viewership of 14.8 million in the United States, which does continue a kind of not good trend of lower ratings down from 15.9 million last week and then from 16.1 with the season opener two weeks before so, oh yeah anyway so we are at a postal center it just says postal center in franklin pennsylvania and there's a letter sorting machine that's sending envelopes to the investors lotto corporation and it's got a bunch of addresses and there's a postal worker who's sitting in front of the machine that the letters are going through and he's I'm not sure if he's logging the zip codes or if he's punching them in so they can get barcoded. I don't know how the postal service really works. So he's doing something as they go by. He's like typing a bunch of numbers. So he's obviously doing like a job where it takes a lot of like skill and you got to pay attention or whatever. And then one of the letters gets stuck in the machine, a little conveyor belt. So he goes to pull it out. And when he pulls it out, cuts his finger. He's like, ah, a little welt of blood there. And he looks at it. And at the same time, his boss is behind him. And he's like, are you okay? And he's like, it's blood. And he's like, he looks at it, he's like, oh, it's just a paper. Like, That's okay. And then he's like, but actually, I need to talk to you, Edward. Come on back to the office. So they go back to the office, and the boss tells Edward that, like, they really like his work, and he's doing a great job, and everyone likes him. But, and you know, when you start a conversation like that, it's not going to be good. But they have to let him go. 
And since he's the first one, like he's the most recent person hired because we find out he's like new to the area. So he hasn't actually lived in the city very long either. And so he asked if he could work part time and he says, you know, so he pulls out an envelope and he says like everyone took a collection earlier today and there's a hundred bucks in there. So he puts the envelope in Edward's pocket and then he's like, you know what, though, go ahead and finish out the week. So we don't know what that means because we don't know what day it is. I, don't right. know if it, I mean, it's at least not Friday. Right. But it could be Thursday. could be Monday. We don't know. So then Edward goes back to the letter sorter and he's typing in the zip codes. And of course, you know, he's a little distracted because he just found out he's losing his job. Right. Right. And then at one point, the screen that shows the zip codes, it flashes the word kill. And he kind of looks at it and then it's just back to the zip code numbers. And then it does it again and it says kill. And he looks around and he like, you know, other people are working in the office and he's getting kind of confused. And then it says kill them all. So like, it's like got way more letters now than you think it maybe should have if it's only showing zip codes, but it does. <laughs> and then we get the theme song. X-Files, X-Files, X-Files. Yes. Yeah, this does not appear to be vampiric in nature in any way. No, it doesn't. Which is disappointing. Yeah. Edward is played by William Sanderson, who probably looks familiar because he's another person who's been in like a million things. And he actually, he has a book about being a character actor because he's that famous for being a character actor. (laughs) He's also had major roles on Walker, Texas Ranger, True Blood, Lost, and Deadwood, and other shows. So he's And you left out the two big ones. I can't believe it. He was Larry of Larry, Daryl, and Daryl fame on New Heart. And then he played Sebastian in Blade Runner. Okay, see, I haven't seen either of those things. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I watched True Blood till season two. Yeah. Okay. And he was um, on Lost too, which I watched all of. Yeah, no, he's reason. in a lot of stuff. Yeah. No, he's a good. He is a good actor. Yeah, he is. And so we have lots of names and addresses in this teaser. So many names and addresses that we could look up, but I think I'm going to save that for the OnlyFans. And so we'll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I when it first was like the Lotto Corporation thing, and it was all these names. I I thought maybe that was going to be something to do with the episode, but. It's not. No. So then we're at the Civil Center in Franklin, Pennsylvania. And a group of office workers are riding an elevator. And a woman in the elevator coughs. And she says, excuse me, and coughs again. And there's this man who's like clearly uncomfortable with her coughing in the elevator. And this is like before COVID. But still he looks like he looks like she's spreading a plague. He looks horrible. It's a pretty dark. It's both a crowded and also a kind of dank looking elevator it's pretty dark in there yeah and so he is starting to get like flustered and frustrated and he's watching the elevator display and it just it reads no air and then all of a sudden it flashes can't breathe and so like you can tell this guy's probably like claustrophobic and then all of a sudden the display says kill them all just like the postal thing did Mm. 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 Uh, it's almost as if there is a how do you say ghost in these machines? Hmm. Oh no. And an elevator. I mean, it's not a talking elevator, but no, um, but oh, I hope the AI yeah. from ghost in the machine didn't get installed all over the place. Uh, so then we cut to the crime scene tape in front of the elevator. So this is a little bit later and Mulder arrives and an officer lets him under the tape and he meets with Sheriff Spencer who tells Mulder that he realizes 
the criminal behavioral unit doesn't usually profile killers like these who just do like a spontaneous mass murder. And then we see bodies on the floor covered in tarps. And Spencer tells them whatever's going on is like way over their head. So they just need help. The surviving witnesses from the elevator are all at the hospital and the police have thoroughly photographed the scene, but they haven't fingerprinted yet. And the suspect's body is outside on the sidewalk. Yeah. And the suspect's body is on the sidewalk because a security guard shot him. I believe, right. Correct? Yeah. I think, and these yeah. bodies are pretty spread out too. Like in the scene, they're like, I thought all the bodies would be like in the elevator. But yeah. like there's one by the elevator and one's like kind of far away, like by a fountain area. And then, yeah. Like but he anyway. threw them or like, it, yeah, I don't know. Or just chased them down or something. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway. Yeah. And then, so I was just like, oh, it looks like Mulder is working for a criminal behavioral unit now. So maybe he got sick of wiretaps. Well, I don't think it matters if Mulder got sick. I mean, maybe Skinner really liked his report and transferred him because, I mean, that's the only way he could do it, right? It's like he just go. Although, I don't know because. Well, Scully told him he should do that. It seems like people just are doing whatever the hell they want in the FBI, honestly. But Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Skinner needs to run a tighter ship. Anyway, (laughs) so Mulder walks into the elevator and looks around and there are smears of blood. And then Mulder notices the elevator display is broken. And so he asked if that happened in the attack. And Spencer's like, oh, I'll find out because he doesn't know. Maybe it was broken before. And as they head over to look at the suspect outside, Spencer says, this isn't supposed to happen here. And Mulder's like, a 42-year-old real estate agent murders four people with his bare hands? That's not supposed to happen anywhere. Which, like, unless the real estate agent is a vampire. (laughs) Well, one... I don't know if vampires murder people with their bare hands, usually with their bare fangs. Uh, yeah. And then also, um, it's daytime. Yeah, it's not vampires, is it? No, I don't think it's vampires. Okay. Anyway, so basically they're in this town of Franklin, and since colonial times, the town has only had three murders. So, like, it's not a place where murders happen. Well, now it's had uh, more than that. But yeah, anyway. so in the past <laughs> six months, they've actually had seven people kill 22 people. So seven murderers who have killed 22 people which is a ridiculously high murder rate. And these are all like spontaneous, often multiple killings. So it's really odd. I wonder if that 22 includes, because we're going to find out that all the perpetrators also were killed. So I wonder if that means that there's been 29 deaths or if there's been 22 and the seven murderers are included in that 22. Yeah, I don't know. And so Spencer tells them that the previous suspects were all killed by cops after the attacks, including this guy, because... They basically are all, like, after they commit the murders, then, like, you know, waving their hands. Like, like super belligerent, yeah. Yeah, and so then they all end up getting shot. There were no drugs in any of their systems, and Mulder bends over the newest suspect, and Spencer tells him that he actually knew the guy. He played softball with him, and the guy doesn't even drink. And Mulder finds there's a residue on his hands, and he wants it analyzed by the Bureau's lab. I have to say that if we're going to be just tossing out ideas here... The residue on his fingertips looks a lot like foxglove slash digitalis. Ooh, I wonder if the eaves are around. That kind of greeny, blacky kind of residue stuff. Yeah, it was kind of weird, oily stuff. Yeah. Hmm. So then we see an ATM screen. And honestly, the way we see it, you think it's going to like tell like Dave that he has to close the bay doors. But anyway, it says, welcome to commercial trust. Please enter P-I-N. And Edward, the postal worker from before, is at the ATM, and he's putting in his pen, and is getting ready to select his account, and then he hears behind him, there's a woman, and she's like, her daughter's having like a bloody nose, and so she's like, oh, I told you not to 
pick at it or something. I don't know. So maybe she was like totally digging for gold and made her nosebleed. Don't know. But her daughter's got a nosebleed and she keeps telling her daughter to put her head back, but the daughter doesn't anyway. She just keeps wiping the blood away. And this makes Edward very, he starts kind of getting uncomfortable. Yes. And then he turns back around and on the ATM machine itself, it says security guard. And he's like, and he looks and to the side of him, there's a security guard there. And then he looks back at the ATM and the ATM says, take his gun. And he's like, and he looks and there's the security guard dude's got a gun there, although it does have a strap on it. So I'm not sure if he'd be able to get it out in time. But anyway, and then he looks back at the ATM again. It says, kill them all. <laughs> well, he starts to like panic and he starts banging on the ATM machine. Like, 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 you know, stop telling me bad things. And security guard is like, whoa, what are you doing? And so Edward runs off, but he left his ATM card in the machine. And so the security guard pulls it out. Yeah, so <laughs> man, looking it's, a little more ghost in the machiney. Yeah, the uh, whole kill them all, take his gun. Like someone's watching you and knows exactly where you are mm. and trying to give you instructions through a computer. Very passive aggressive, like mm, vampires, like vampire with radio shows. But I don't think that's what's happening. <laughs> I think you need to give up on this. Yeah. I know, I know. There's no vampires. It's fine. So then this next part is a voiceover from Mulder and it kind of switches back from Mulder and Scully. So Mulder's at the Venigo County Sheriff's Office and Scully's at the FBI National Academy in Quantico, Virginia. And so his voiceover is kind of like, he's basically putting his report together and then she's reading the report. So that's what we're getting in this scene. So we see a collection of black and white victim photographs and Mulder tells us that there are generally two types of mass murderers, serial killers and spree killers. The perpetrators were statistically more likely to be victims of violent crime than killers themselves, given their demographics. Most were middle-aged professionals with no history of violence. Scully's at the laptop. She's kind of looking at the photos. And then Mulder tells us that friends and loved ones reported only minor issues with the perps. Like some of them had had headaches and such before the attacks, but none of them had any real mood disorders or like a history of any kind of violent behavior or, you know, anything that would suggest them doing this. Say it's, it's funny to hear you say the word perps. Oh, is it? <laughs> I could, I <laughs> I could be a very cool DA or something. <laughs> All the another life if I had gone to law school. <laughs> um, but witnesses do report that the final moments of the attackers are full of agitation. So whatever happens before the murders, like all the killers seemed really agitated right before. And um, Mulder suspects some kind of outside factor is responsible, but he doesn't know what. The residue on the hands of the latest suspect was a non-toxic organic substance. He mentions UFO abductees and then Scully, who's reading the report, is like, I wonder when you'd get to that, which I thought was really funny. But he finds no evidence of that here. Yeah, so snap, Scully. Take your little <laughs> snarky comments because then he's like, huh, yeah. I thought that was cute. I love that. The one connection seems to be broken electronics at every scene. So like a broken pager, a cell phone, a gas pump display. And then Mulder says, in all honesty, Scully, I've never had a more difficult time developing a profile. There's no way to know who will be a killer or who will be killed. Yeah. So they are continuing to work together, even though they're not supposed to be working together, which is a solid plan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then it's nighttime. And a woman, Mrs. McRoberts, she's walking into a very dimly lit garage at night to ask if her car is ready. 
and the mechanic is like standing in the shadows. He's like, oh, you know, but we don't even see him at first. He's under the hood. He's like, it's late. And she's like, well, I tried to call, but I got held up at work. And she's like, did you fix it? And he's like, yeah, I did. She's like, oh, okay, well, how much do I owe you? And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, though, while I work on that, I found a bunch of other stuff that we really need to get taken care of with your car. It's not in great shape. You should come over here and I'll show you. And so she gets kind of freaked out and it's like, my husband's waiting for me. And he's like, no, it's fine. But like, you're not going to get far in this car unless we get it fixed. So let me show you. So he, she kind of walks over a little bit and he goes over and he turns. We finally see him. He comes up front of the car and he flips on like the display and he start revs the car and it's all Rrr! and she's like, woo. And he's like, see this display? It should show you, you know, and he's talking about the diagnostics of what it should have going. It's like, and you're like, it's nowhere near that. So then he's back under the hood. And he's reciting off all these things like, you know, like vowels and da 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 and whatever. And she's standing there and he's like, you need to come over and, and check this out. Like, see, I want to show you what I'm talking about. And then while he says that, she looks over and the diagnostics display behind him says the word liar. And she's like, <gasps> and then it's like, he's a liar. He'll rape you. Kill him first. <laughs> and so while he's doing that. He like reaches over. It's like, no, look over here. He like, you know, grabs her hand and she like loses it and grabs like this big like torque wrench off the hood of the car, you know, whacks him in the head with it. And so he's on the ground. He starts to fight back. He grabs a wrench to go after her. And then she like stabs him with, uh, I don't know how familiar people are with like changing their own oil or whatever, but back in the day, they probably still exist. I don't know, but you had oil came in cans instead of the little plastic like jug kind of things and so there was this thing that you would like jam into the can that was like a spout and so you would just jam it into the can and then it would form a spout and then you pour it out of the can and then you take it back out so it was a big metal thing it had a big metal spike on it and so she stabs him with that like just in his gut oh and he's like oh and he falls on the ground and so he actually has like a spout sticking out of his abdomen oh i missed that i saw her stab yeah. him but yeah so, and then she just like leaves. And as she walks away, the screen says analysis complete. Yeah. Yeah. So like on one level as a woman who has had mechanics and stuff, try and tell me stuff's wrong with my car that it's not, that was years and years ago with one of my older mm -hmm. cars. But like, I get the hesitancy to like believe them and to not want to be alone in a garage at night, maybe with them. But yeah, that's like a really quick escalation. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she's also like, you know, from like, from like point one, she is. Oh, she's like, paranoid. She's and she's yeah. immediately like, which is the smart thing to do. She's like, my husband's waiting for me, which if you're in a bad yeah. situation, always say there's a dude waiting for you because that will, you know. Yeah. She says that someone's going to miss you. And also someone might be right there who could come in and like, I don't know, do something if you're trying to do something. But yeah, she's immediately like on, you know whatever <laughs> yeah but she just yeah, she kills him and then she leaves yep so. so then it's the next day and Mulder's at the mechanic garage and now it's a crime scene as well mm -hmm. and the analysis screen is still blinking and he looks at the work order bill and he notices it's for an oil filter and then Larry Winters the county supervisor comes over with Spencer and Winters asks if this is part of the other murders but Spencer's like, well, this killing isn't like the others. The killer fled the scene and covered their tracks. So up till now, all the killers have been found at the scene and basically killed by the cops at the scene. So this is different. And Mulder keeps flipping through a book of work orders and he sees one for fixing a broken dashboard readout. And once he sees that, he decides the cases are in fact connected. 
Yeah, because I think that one that he saw the first time for the oil field, that was just the one that was on top. Yes. And so yeah. he just starts flipping through them. Yeah, so he's had other jobs that he was working on besides that. Yeah, he's... Like, mechanics usually have more than one car they're working on. It. Yeah, it's a busy garage, small town, but there's a lot of cars. I do have to say Mulder has been wearing gloves at all the crime scenes so far. I am very impressed. I do wonder if they maybe they got some feedback about that from last season because there is a direct <laughs> like, hey, look, I'm wearing gloves moment here where like he reaches to like the guy walks over and he goes to shake his hand. He's like, oh, oh, pardon my rubber, which is another like sexual joke too. But like just making note that like, hey, look, I'm wearing gloves, people. See, not handsy Mulder, just grabbing stuff all over the place. So and not I'm just grabbing gloves. evidence whenever I feel so, like it. Well, I mean, I still grab evidence, but I'm wearing gloves now, so it's cool. So then Mulder and Sheriff Spencer go to Miss McRoberts' house and she tells them, like, I'm late for work. And Mulder's like, well, you can blame me. And so they go in and they're <laughs> like, have you had any car trouble? And she's like, oh, that's my husband's job. But he just took the car for a business trip. And then she's like, is it okay if I have my breakfast and put something in the microwave while I talk to you? And they're like, sure. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Mulder's just got all the little one-liners in this interaction here. Yeah. So she's putting her stuff in the microwave. And when she does, she closes it. And the microwave little timer says, he knows. And then it says, kill them or kill them. We got a lot of M's in there. We're dropping the THs on all these because maybe too many letters. I don't know. So then Mulder sees her staring at it, but he looks at it and it's just fine. It says like 7.30 something, I think, in the morning. And he asked her, like, how did the dashboard readout in her car get broken? And she starts looking very stressed out. And she's finally like, I did it. And we're like, oh, is she saying that she killed the guy? She's like, I broke the readout. And while she's doing that, she's like opening a drawer on the side. And Mulder asked her if she saw something in the readout. And she's just like, oh, just totally getting all stressed out. And she's reaching for a knife in the drawer. And he's like, we can help you. And he goes to touch her shoulder and she like, wah, just swipes with a knife. And she does cut him, gets his arm. He puts his arm up, cuts his arm. And then Mulder falls on the ground and she like goes in. She's getting ready to just like kill Mulder. And so Spencer, pow, shoots her. Yep. And she's dead. So, yeah. Apparently it was a big deal back in the day because the actor playing Mrs. McRoberts was a former like award winning porn star. So mm. honestly, I don't care. She wasn't that good in this, but. I thought she was okay. Like, I thought she looked legitimately terrified and, like, definitely, yeah, like, know. more terrified than someone should be in that situation. But I think that's the point is they're supposed to, like, these people are. Supposed yeah. To- I mean, she, I, yeah, she didn't have a lot to work with. And it's easy yeah. to say, like, oh, she's a porn star. Obviously, she can't act. She only knows one, you know, whatever. It's like, I don't do whatever you do. It's fine. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I mean, to be fair, like, in the opening scene, Spencer is awful. He is so wooden. It's, pathetic in that first scene like in the uh, office building but he seems to get a little bit better as episode goes maybe just because he has more screen time and has got more comfortable but yeah i wasn't like super impressed but i mean they, they they have a lot of really good people in these episodes and they have a lot of really not good people in these episodes so it kind of yeah kind of shakes out yeah so scully performs the autopsy on miss mcroberts and she finds some odd anomalies that were not found in the autopsies of the previous suspects like the levels of adrenaline were 200 times normal in Miss McRoberts' body. And the adrenal gland had extensive hemorrhage from wear. Also, in the eyeball, there was a high concentration of an unknown chemical compound, and that's the same substance that was found on the fingers of the previous killer. 
Scully thinks the compound mixed with adrenaline maybe creates something not unlike LSD, and that might be creating these like heightened reactions and kind of hallucinations, maybe that are maybe causing them to like snap and kill. Yeah, I have three questions. One, do they normally take samples of the vitreous humor from people's eyeballs during autopsies? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I would guess that in this case, they're trying to find because they're looking for anything. Maybe she's doing more tests okay. than normal. 200 times normal of adrenaline in the system seems a little excessive. I think you'd be like <laughs> maybe dead if that was the case. You'd have like stroked out or something. Could be wrong. But yeah. And then and her thing is like, in my opinion, this chemical would form. I'm like, Miss Science and Evidence, like, why don't you find out? Don't give me your opinion of what this chemical would do if it reacted with adrenaline. Like, find out. Like, you, it's science. You could find out. I don't get it. But uh, whatever. Okay. She's learning from Mulder to just create theories. <laughs> I guess. In, in my opinion, this chemical would do such and such and such and such. Well, we, it's a chemical. We could find out what it does, actually. But okay. So Edward, we're back with Edward, and he's got a nice suit on, and he's in a department store, and he's going to apply for a job because, you know, obviously he's losing his job at the postal office. And so the woman at the desk is like, we're not taking applications, and she puts up a sign, like, be back in an hour. So she's kind of rude. But anyway. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And then there's a table with a lady in there taking signups for a blood drive. And the lady asks him if he wants to sign up and he starts to get all sweaty and kind of wanders away. And she's like, sir, are you okay? And she's like, as he's walking away, she's like calling out to him, sir, sir. So, and then he reaches display of television. So like a, probably like, I think it's like three by three or maybe a three by four display of television. So like all the TVs are on. Right. And there's just like, they're playing like cartoons or something. And all of a sudden they go itch and they get his attention. And then they keep flashing like photos of like Charlie Manson and like the OJ Bronco and then, like, some riot footage and, like, a bombing, possibly the Rodney King beating. I'm not sure, but they keep flashing between these things. It goes, like, Charlie Manson, OJ Bronco, something being bombed, riots, some people being beat on the street. And it just keeps cycling through this. And then the words behind you appear on the TVs. And so he turns around, and there's a big neon sign that's all guns. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he turns back and it's all do it and so he heads over to the gun counter yeah <laughs> what an awkward department store there's a blood drive and televisions with terrible imagery yeah. and the tv and especially with the footage they were showing it reminded me of that scene in scrooge where he's doing like his own ad and it's all like acid rain <laughs> terrorism <laughs> Drug addiction and no, like they're all like ah, kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just funny too because once it started flashing, I'm like, wait, I recognize all these things. Like this is <laughs> that's well, yeah, weird. All, it's, it's all like just '90s stuff. Yeah, it's, it's all '90s like, cool, stuff, yeah. and it's all like crime stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because that is definitely like a like an '80s or '90s picture of Charles Manson. So yeah, like later because he actually was kept in the Corcoran prison, which is right where I grew up. Oh, nice. Far away from where I grew up in Hanford, California. So, yeah. Huh. Actually, I think I had an uncle who worked there as a as a uh, correctional officer. So I did know some other people who worked there as well. Yeah, I actually don't know a lot about Charles Manson. Like, I know a little bit about the family and I know about the murders, but like, I just, I don't know. Don't know a ton about him. Apparently he's very small. Wow, that seems like that would be in your wheelhouse. But Yeah, he's one of those murder, like, you know, there's some stories that are really interesting and then some that I'm just like. I don't know. That one never really fascinated me that much, except for like squeaky from like I'm more interested in the people who tried to kill the presidents later than like 
him. Yeah, well, that's the thing too, because like he technically wasn't involved in the murder. Mm-mm. Like he was more of like a scam artist kind of guy. Yeah, like scam artist slash like cult leader kind of person. He yeah. wasn't actually like a serial killer. Or no, something. he didn't actually kill anybody. So yeah, so I don't know. But Squeaky From fascinates me. But I don't know. I'm more, I'm into like I don't know. She's in the <laughs> musical Assassins, so you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. So then Mulder's jogging along a sidewalk and he sees a truck pull alongside the street and dump. Wait, sh- I have to ask the musical assassins. What, what is a musical assassin? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just thinking of like either that like Robert Rodriguez movie where like the guy has like the gun that shoots bullets. No. Or like in Kung Fu Hustle, they have the string instrument and like you string it and it shoots out like waves of energy that like decapitate people and stuff. Uh, no. So assassins is a musical. I think it's Steven Sondheim, but I don't want to say that and be wrong. Oh, okay. So it's not okay. I misunderstood. No, it's a Broadway musical, and yeah, it is Stephen Sondheim, and it's about all the people who tried to assassinate presidents and the four who succeeded, three who succeeded, three, right? Oh no, no, I can't remember. Booth, Shulgash, Gateau. Oh, and Lee Harvey Oswald, four. (laughs) So it's about all the people who've tried to shoot presidents, and it's just like if you're into presidential history and musicals, it's pretty awesome. (laughs) Okay, so it's the musical assassins. I took it as musical assassins. And so like assassins who like <laughs> incorporate guitars. music into their job. No. Yeah, who just like it's... have music themes in their work. Yeah. Okay. Neil Patrick Harris was in the revival. Anyway. You can tell I read a lot of comic <laughs> books. Okay. Yeah. So all right. Broadway. Woo. That's my other weird interest. I have so many. I'm just gonna wedge them into this podcast somehow. Wow, oh, the Matt really seems like that's a good like venn diagram for you like musicals and musical so it's history murderers and present you know and music yeah it's everything i love wow so Mulder's jogging along a sidewalk and he sees a truck pull up alongside the street and it dumps like this shovel full of something on the ground it's really weird they just like toss it out and drive away so he goes over and he sees a bunch of dead and dying flies on the ground yeah and i should note this is the same shirt that he was wearing that i called a wife beater in little green men Okay. It's the sleeveless pocket tee. So it obviously is like his workout shirt. Yes. Yeah. And his arm is all bandaged too because he got cut from Mrs. McRoberts. Right. So. And I was I was sure these were bees too for some reason. And then I realized they were flies later. So it's also weird because they're just walking by like with a coffee scoop, just like dumping dead bugs like on people's lawns and driving away in this truck. What are they doing? Yeah, it's pretty suspicious. I would have gone to investigate too. So the lone gunmen are examining one of the dead flies. So they're in the lone gunmen's like work headquarters. And Byers tells they're Mulder. Bunker. I think it's a bunker. Is it's it gotta a, bunker? Be a bunker? Okay. I mean, it's it got to be sense. a bunker. Yeah. If it's not, they should just call it a bunker and pretend. Yeah. So Byers tells Mulder their magazine ran a story about the CIA's new micro camera that's small enough to be put on the back of a fly. And the fly Mulder brought them is a Eurasian cluster fly that can infest crops. And Fro Hickey says the bug's been nuked. So Mulder shows them the chemical compound they found on the suspects and he asked them if they've seen it. And Langley is like, obviously you haven't read our August edition. (laughs) He's like offended by that. And then Mulder's like, sorry, boys, it arrived the same day as celebrity skin because Mulder hearts boobs. And I was confused for a second because I was taking that as the whole album, not a magazine. (laughs) And I think that's because I'm still fixated on that gross story from the tabloid magazine about Kurt Cobain's ashes and yeah from last the episode. widow and her new man so I think I was just I think I just had Courtney love on my brain so when he said celebrity skin I just automatically thought of the album but he is say issue so it's like a it's a girly magazine yeah 
I always think of Courtney Love when I think of Celebrity Skin too, because I really liked that album in high school. But yeah, it's a girly magazine, Molder Hearts Boobs. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot Boobs. <laughs> and they tell him that LSDM is a compound that evokes a fear response in pests. So it basically scares them away from the plants. They show images of the government spraying DDT. And Langley says it's the same chemical, it's just less obvious now. So they basically changed it enough that no one's complaining about it. And then Mulder asks if he can borrow Fro Hickey's night vision goggles. And Fro Hickey's like, only if I can have Scully's number. Yeah, Fro Hickey. Oh, my God. So, one, I was totally not expecting to see Lone Gunman in this episode. Like, their appearance was like, oh, holy moly, it's Lone Gunman. But, like, when Byers is looking for information on that drug... You know, Mulder's got his back and Fro Hickey's like, so Mulder, where's your little partner? And Mulder's <laughs> like, she wouldn't come. She's afraid of her love for you. <laughs> and then then he's like, she's tasty. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> dude. And Mulder's like, you know, Fro Hickey, it's men like you that give perversion a bad name. It's yeah. like, oh, he's just so blatant. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's endearing in a, an extremely gross way. Is what yeah, I know it is. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway. So we don't know if Mulder turned over Scully's number, but we do see that he used his night vision goggles <laughs> to look out over a field. So maybe he I gave him a know. fake number. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get some uh, comment from Scully here later or not about someone calling and breathing on her phone or not, but uh, we'll find out or maybe we won't. Who knows? But he sees something. And so he gets in his car and drives closer and he's getting out to look around and the air shakes and like, he's like in a, he's like in like a field, right? So there's like crops and stuff and like the fences start moving it might be aliens. Ooh. It may be alien vampires, and then Tori will be happy too. Probably <laughs> not. But it turns out it's a giant helicopter that is a crop duster. So crop dusting helicopters. And it sprays all this chemical, and Mulder's all, oh, and he falls to the ground, and he's coughing, and he's covered in chemicals. And now I guess Mulder's probably going to kill Scully because he's infected. Oh, no. Oh, well. Oh, but see, if he do- he could try to kill Scully, but then Fro Hickey would be there because he's stalking Scully, and then he saves Scully <laughs> for Mulder, and then Scully's like, "Oh, Fro Hickey, you saved my life!" And then they get together, and they have a little <laughs> Froly. Not, I guess it can't be a scolder. It has to be like a Froly or a Go Hickey, or I don't know. But anyway, anyway, so you can find next cut- fanfic on. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. So then we cut to Franklin Community Hospital in Franklin, Pennsylvania. And Mulder's in like a doctor's office, medical suite, right? And Winters, the, I don't, he's like the mayor or something. I don't know. He's like the county supervisor. So I'm not exactly, okay. small town. I don't know. Yeah. He's like the guy that wants to open the beach in Jaws, basically, is what yeah. he is. So he's angry and he's denying that pesticide could have had anything to do with the killings. And Mulder says, like, dude, this stuff is still in my hair. It's on my skin. Look, like, it's on me. And Winters is like, I looked you up and I know you're full of ridiculous theories and spooky stuff. And Mulder's like, cut the crap. Like, quit trying to, like, divert attention. And Scully's there also. And like when he says spooky, we get a shot of Scully. And she's like, what? looks up because <laughs> someone called someone spooky. And but Mulder's like, you know, all these all the people who've been the killers have resided near heavily sprayed areas. And Winters is like, you aren't from around here, Mr. Mulder. I live here. I have kids here. I'm not going to dump poison on my own family. And then Spencer's there also. And he's like, answer the question, Winter. Are they spraying? And Winters is like, 
the irradiated flies we tried didn't work and control the pest. And this county gets all its money from our farms. And think about what happened in California when they were having trouble with pesticides and all those people's lives were ruined just because they had a single bug. And he's like, ruined lives? 23 people are dead. And that's Spencer saying that. And then Winters insists that the spray was proven to be safe. And Mulder's like, who told you it was safe? Who proved that to you? And Winters doesn't say anything. And then he walks out. Yep. Yep. So then Scully says that Winters is right. She's found no evidence that LSDM has affected Mulder in any way physiologically. So it's not the chemical. Man, Scully, man, what are you you're supposed to be on Team Mulder? What are you doing? I mean, Team Mulder is finding the truth, right? So she's she's on Team Mulder. Making him look bad. So Spencer has to see the report from like Mulder's tests. And Mulder looks at the television. And on the television screen, he sees the words, do it. But then we realize it's like an ad for a gym membership. So it's not like the screen talking to him. It's just a gym ad. Or was it? Ooh. And so then he asks Scully if she's heard of subliminal messaging. And Scully's like, you mean like sex and ice cubes and liquor ads? That's paranoid. And Mulder says it's a fact that some department stores actually use subliminal messaging to deter shoplifting. He points out that in every killing, there was something electronic destroyed. And... All of the perpetrators had phobias. The elevator guy was claustrophobic. Miss McRoberts was afraid of being raped. The LSDM could have exacerbated their existing fears to the point where they acted out. And then these devices relayed messages to them on purpose. So like someone's getting them worked up and then sending the messages like you should kill. And Scully's like, who? (laughs) Who would do that? And then Spencer leaves. And Mulder gets up and goes to the door, and then he says, Spencer is probably one of those people who thinks Elvis is dead. Oh, my God. It's Spencer. It's just like hot fuzz. Like, he's really bored because he lives in a sleepy town, and so he's doing all this so that he has excitement. And there's murders, and he gets attention. That's what's go. He just realizes that, like, oh, they're catching on to me, and so he had to leave. Maybe. Oh maybe. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, that's not really the plot of hot fuzz, but it. Hot Fuzz is a really good movie. I love that movie. So then Scully says she was wrong. Clearly LSDM does induce paranoia because Mulder's being paranoid. And Mulder says it might be a controlled experiment. And she's like, controlled by who? By the government? By a corporation? By reticulins? (laughs) Which I thought was great. I was like, yay, Scully. She totally brings it back to Mulder's gray aliens, which she was using as a joke anyway. But I thought that was really funny. And then Mulder cites incidents where the government has experimented on small populations. And then Spencer returns and he says he's worked out a compromise with Winters. He'll stop spraying, but they can't link the spraying to the murders officially in any reports. Hmm. I don't know if we can trust Spencer. That was very suspicious. It was the room. It was suspicious that he left the room and came back like two minutes later. It's like, okay, we've worked out a deal. Even though Winters was like not willing to even hear it. So it just, it did seem kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, you kind of assume that maybe he was leaving because like, okay, Mulder is crazy. I'm going to leave. That's why Mulder was like, oh, he probably thinks Elvis is dead. So, but yeah. So then we cut back to Edward. He's at his house and he's watching television. And there's an ad about a cholesterol study that's happening in Franklin. And it says that people will be coming door to door to collect samples. Or you can go to Franklin General to check in and participate. So Franklin General Hospital. And all it takes is one tiny prick. And the scene shows a bead of blood. And so Edward starts to get kind of uncomfortable. 
And then he looks back and apparently he did do some shopping at the department store because he's got like boxes of ammo. And then there's a rifle in a rifle case sitting on a table. And then someone buzzes his door. And she's wearing like, he looks out the window and she's wearing like a nurse outfit with a band on her arm. It says blood drive. And so he like kind of gets all apparently like closes his windows and he starts getting really upset. And he looks at his TV and it's all blood. So he like, ah, he like freaked out. He smashes his TV. And then I don't know if like the nurse heard the TV being smashed or whatever, but she just like starts pressing on that button. I'm like, lady, dude, maybe the guy's not home. But then like he's in his apartment and things are going crazy. And he's got buzz, 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 buzz from the doorbell. And then he goes to close his gun case, but a calculator that was nearby on the table falls down. He picks up the calculator and it says, blood so he's like ah and he smashes it and then like he's like gets up and he's he's kind of like frantic and, and then he's his watch beeps so he's got like an analog slash digital watch has like the analog part but then at the bottom it has a digital part and the digital part says kill <laughs> and then cut but things aren't going well for edward no so if we're following the established phobia patterns i'm guessing edward is like afraid of blood or bleeding or something some hospitals or something i guess yeah i think it's so. blood so I thought it was really funny that the cholesterol study commercial like shows beads of blood. Like, why would that be on a cholesterol study commercial? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, because they got to prick your finger. It only takes one prick. Yeah. It's anyway. for the vampires. They want the blood. <laughs> see, see, it's coming around. So the cholesterol test is just a way to test people for LSDM. So Spencer says they've gotten all the test results back, except for about 25 people in town who haven't been tested. And of that list, there's only seven that are not already being checked out. Yeah, because he said there's 25 people, but then he hands Mulder and Scully a list and like a bunch of names are crossed off. And Mulder's like, oh, so there's only seven left. So I'm guessing that's what's going on. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So Mulder and Scully take the list and they show up at Edward's house because his name was next. And the doorbell's been torn out, but the door is unlocked. So inside they find the television smashed and they find an empty gun case. Yeah. And then we go to commercial. I feel like I should start saying when we go to commercial, because like, that's when they hit those, you know, they hit those key scenes and it's like commercial. Cause like back in the day, this has been on television. I haven't been doing that. I feel like maybe I should start doing that. I don't know. Okay. But yeah. anyway, also it's not just his TV that he smashed. Like, Everything in his apartment that is possibly electronic is smashed. Like his stereo is smashed. His records are all over the floor. Just a, a bunch of like destroyed electronics in his apartment with wires hanging out. And it's almost like they're looking for some AI in a computer. I think I've seen this scene before. So Mulder reads a profile of Edward who's just been laid off. He lives alone. He has no kids and his wife is dead. He hasn't been to a doctor in decades. So they don't have any recent medical records. And the blood tester arrived at his house at 1030 that morning, which is the same time that Edward's watch was broken. So Mulder thinks he knows what he's afraid of. And he also knows where he's going. I do wonder how they have a file on him. Like, why is there a profile of Edward? Like, like a photo and like a report? Like, what kind of town is this? Like, he's never been in trouble with the law, apparently, but they got like a report on him. Yeah, I wonder if they put together a report of all the people that they hadn't been able to get blood tests from. I don't know. It seems really quick. Yeah, it just seems a quick turnaround. It seems a little TV. Okay. So, uh, 
we cut to Edward and well, actually we cut to a bus and the bus is going to Franklin community general hospital. And then the bus, people got on the bus and the doors closed and the bus is getting ready to leave. And then Edward runs up. And he's like, Hey, 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 and he's banging on the door. And the guy's like, Hey, calm down, calm down, calm down. And so, you know, Edward gets in and pays his fare and he sits down and then he's got a big duffel bag because as we saw the gun case, the gun isn't in it. So, and you wouldn't want to take right. a big gun case on a bus. That might be suspicious, but he got a big duffel bag. And, He's sitting on the bus and he's kind of he's looking around to see what else is on the bus. And then he looks over at the driver's display and the display says, they're waiting. Get off. So it's actually giving him instructions, like letting him know that he's going to be caught if he goes to the hospital, which seems weird for a hallucination. But OK. So then he's like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong bus. I need to get off. And the driver's like, you have to wait for the next stop. He's like, no, no, I, I need to get off. And then he's like, you have to wait for the next stop. And then he's like, loses his shit. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then we cut. So, oh, yeah. so many years of writing public transit and people doing stuff like that, like banging on the bus. Like, I kind of get it because you're right there. And like a lot of bus drivers just, you know, would not even want <laughs> you on at that point. But then like the people who would be like, I need to get off right now in the middle of this road. And like the bus driver was like, legally, we can't do that. Like we can't, you have to wait for a stop. Like, like you have to say, and there's going to be some more of this in a little bit for this little small sleepy town that only had like three murders until recently since like the Revolutionary War. They have a lot of services in this town. Yeah, well, you know, they, they don't have, have a, to spend money on policing because I get, well, they, they don't have, have murders. They have a pretty big police department, though. We've seen <laughs> it. It's a pretty big police department. They've got a lot of officers in there. They've got a lot of vehicles. They've got a community college and a hospital and a, like a community center and a bus line. And I'm impressed. Okay. Yeah. Well-funded Franklin. I guess. No wonder that guy's all upset about the bugs messing up the crops. That must be some very profitable crops okay yeah <laughs> so then we're at franklin community hospital in franklin pennsylvania and spencer's outside the hospital and someone radios to tell him there's no sign of edward yet a bus approaches and scully tells them to get the uniforms out of sight because they don't want anyone on the bus to see that you know cops are hanging out and people get off the bus but edward is not among them so Mulder asks the driver if he's seen Edward, shows him a photo, and the driver says he dropped him off near the college. So Mulder looks around, and there's a banner at the hospital promoting a blood drive at Franklin Community College. Uh-oh. So Franklin Community College, there is a big blood drive. They've got tables and balloons and lots of vehicles <laughs> and a pretty big setup. And Edward arrives, and there's a like the like at the top of the school there's like the big like uh, you've probably seen them it's like the digital screen that reads like oh band meeting tomorrow or you know all the yeah, kind it's of got stuff all the announcements the, and upcoming events yeah and, it's, stuff. and so it's talking about the blood drive and then he looks up and it's got like upcoming information is what it says and then he looks at it again and it just says up so he looks around and he sees this giant clock tower and then we see him in the stairwell of what we're assuming is the clock tower. So I, I cannot believe we're going for the shooter in the tower trope, but we are. Yeah. Okay. I mean, even Richard Donner thought that was a bad idea and cut it out of Lethal Weapon. Although it is in the director's cut, which is ironic because Richard Donner cut it out on purpose. And then in the director's cut, they put it back in, even though he didn't want it in there. But anyway. So meanwhile, Mulder and Spencer are racing towards the college. Woo, 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 woo. All the sirens are going. Scully stays at the hospital in case he shows up. And Edward is 
in the tower he's at the top and he just like dumps all his ammo on the ground and the gun <laughs> and then because it's a it's a bolt action rifle right so single shot you gotta load it and then boom and then put another bullet in load it kind of thing and then Mulder and Spencer arrive and they pull up like just drive onto like the lawn with the sirens going and people are like whoa what's going on and they get out and they start wandering around all the cops are there and then Edward loads his gun and he takes aim and he's all like, you know, stressed out and sweaty and just kind of like shaking. Noah. And he shoots and shoots a window in like a truck for the blood drive. Pshh, doesn't kill the driver, though. Misses the driver. And then chaos erupts. Ah, people are running around. Spencer and Mulder are like, everybody get down, get down. And another shot rings out, blows up all the orange juice, all the orange juices everywhere. <laughs> and then Mulder realizes the shots are coming from the tower. And then Edward just keeps firing. He's got like a bunch of bulletin in like his shirt pocket. So he fires and he's like, oh, and the, the editing on this is very frenetic and kind of crazy. And it's kind of that way on purpose. But it's very, yeah. it, you know, the way it's cut, you're like, this is cut crazy. And it's supposed to be cut crazy because he's not in a good mental state, right? Right. And so like he shoots and he's kind of like, ah, and he like walks around and he like puts a bullet in and then he shoots and kind of like, Whoa, and then, you know, does that. And, so he, and like you see all the empty cartridges falling on the ground and just keep shooting and shooting and shooting. So then Mulder gets inside and he runs up all these stairs we know Mulder's good at running however i think Mulder's really good at running on flat surfaces because he trips and he falls and he like bangs up his arm that was cut by mrs mcroberts and he's like ah so but anyway he finally gets up the top and he's like put the gun down he's got his gun out and edward is like like i can't they won't let me and he's like i know but you need to put it down and he's like well they won't let me but you can make me put it down but then he's also saying, like, don't shoot me. And Mulder's like, I'm not going to shoot you, but here's how it's going to go. Like, you need to put the gun down. If you don't put the gun down, either I'm going to have to shoot you or you're going to have to shoot me. And then there's going to be blood everywhere because he knows that he's afraid of blood. Right. And so then he reaches out for the gun. But when he reaches out, Edward sees his sleeve and his bandages are all bloody because he fell and like reopened his wound from when he was cut. So Edward goes, ah, starts to, he starts to like to use the gun like as a club to go after Mulder. But then Mulder grabs it, knocks it down. It falls down the stairwell, whoo, down the center, hits the ground. And then he gets Edward on the ground and he like handcuffs him from behind and he's safe. Yeah. And also, we don't know if Edward ever shot a gun before this. So <laughs> it's well, kind he of... was in the Navy as a radio oh, operator. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I do have to I was say, say like, he's not a great shot, depending on what. No, because I don't think anybody got killed. And also, whenever he's shooting the gun, the gun is almost like totally horizontal. So that right. tower is either really far away, or that's they didn't think about that when they were shooting it, because like he's almost got it like perfectly like horizontal when he's shooting. But anyway, so then Edward is rolled away on a gurney. And Spencer says Scully's waiting at the hospital to examine him. And Mulder says he wants exclusive access to question Edward before anyone else. And then Spencer's like, why? You know more about what happened to him than he does. So then everyone's leaving and Mulder starts to make a call on his phone. But there's like this fuzz on the phone. And then a message displays. Gross. And it like says, mold? Fuzzy. No, like the fuzzy noise. Like there's like the, oh, like instead of the okay. dial out, there's just fuzz. I thought maybe it was some kind of crazy chemical. No, just that he hears. He hears fuzz on the phone, I should say. Oh, okay. And then a message displays, all done. Bye-bye. <laughs> and the call finally connects. And Scully says, Mulder, where are you? And he just kind of stares at the phone. And we fade to credits with Scully going, Mulder, where are you? Mulder. Yeah, because at first he's like, hello, hello, because he didn't say anything. He's just sitting there, like, staring at, at the, the phone. And just, yeah. Yeah. 
So <sighs> I didn't see any vampires. I can't believe it wasn't vampires. I know. It's called little, blood. You have your little thing with like even the little trademark. Like, I can't <laughs> believe it's not vampires. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. Okay. You know what? It's called blood. What did they want me to expect? They didn't. I certainly didn't expect a phobia episode where like one guy is afraid of blood. Yeah. I mean, I get it. But yeah, that's like, that's a title you need to think about. They so. could have called it fear, fear itself, phobias. They could have uh, called it. They could have called it "kill them all." Yeah, kill them all. That would have been good. Yeah, See? or do it. Brainstorming, brainstorming. Yeah. So there's one. The Franklin Blood Drive has got some money because they had their own truck. And yeah. Like the dude is like sitting in the truck, and he's got like these. He's wearing like goggles, and I'm like, why is the dude in the truck wearing goggles? Mulder walks by. Then we find out because when Edward gets his first shot off, we get the close up of the window that it goes through is the window of that truck. And the dude, if you if you watch it, the guy is just sitting there. It's like he looks like he's asleep. He's just sitting there with his arm over the steering wheel. And then like when the window gets the bullet hole in it, he kind of like flinches and that's it. And I'm like, okay, so he was preparing for the thing. That's why he's wearing safety goggles because <laughs> they were going to bust his windshield, right? Because so he, like, knew, oh, okay. he knew the trick shot yeah. was coming. Yeah. But that was kind of funny because like, it wasn't like, but like as an acting kind of thing, like he didn't move. Like the window like gets a gunshot through it and the guy just kind of like flinches like you would just because it's a noise, right? But not like, oh my God, my window is just shot. <laughs> so, because I wasn't sure if he actually got shot. I had to go back. I wanted to go back and check. And so I kind of slow mowed through it and I was like, oh my God, he's just like sitting there. And I'm like, he's wearing safety goggles. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. And so apparently this episode came from a mishmash of inspirations. And I feel like that really shows there's just a lot going on and like a lot of stuff. And yeah, I there is a lot going on. But to be honest, all of it is kind of interesting. Like we've got like, you know, is it like what people are seeing? Is it like a chemical thing? Is it a government conspiracy? Is it this? Right. But like none of it's satisfying. I don't know. It's weird. It was weird. I think it's just because it's so much. So there's like so many little like micro cases that it just feels like there's just too much happening for like 45 minutes. Yeah. TV. Like they needed to pare it down or they needed to make it like almost like it should have been like, like this could have been a movie where they could delve more into different stuff and like interlink some things. Cause we keep getting all these different, like, is it this? Is it this? Right. We have all these. And we honestly, we don't really get, I don't think we really get a satisfactory answer of what it was that was causing it, to be honest. No, because we know Mulder's been exposed to the chemical. So if that does make you hallucinate a little, even though Scully doesn't think it does, then yeah. maybe what he sees on his screen isn't really there. Or yeah. maybe it really is a CIA And experiment? is it coincidence that Edward sees a thing that tells him to get off the bus? Is that just his own paranoia? Like they might be waiting. They might have figured out when. I like is that is he thinking that far ahead? Just I don't know. Yeah, I'm pr I'm probably overthinking is what's going on. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, me but, too. That's what I do. So. <laughs> but yeah, there's just a lot going on. And then like Scully is openly working on this case. She's like in Franklin, Pennsylvania. Oh she's, yeah. Like, doing the medical stuff. She's like <laughs> yeah. at the stakeouts. Like she's uh, like what the hell? Like she's probably working, working on together. Her, her days off. You know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know. And then <laughs> did Mulder do such a good job on the whole flute case that Skinner like sent him to behavioral? Like it's gotta be approved. It's not like Mulder can just be like, Oh, you know, hey, I'm tired of doing this. I just want to go back to my behavioral sciences unit. And they're like, Cool. Like, 
how did that happen? Like, it's just a big jump from like the last episode where he specifically states like, there's no way they'll ever, like you said, Scully brings it up that he, maybe he should do that. And he specifically says like, there's no way they'll ever let me do that because then we would both be together at Quantico. They're not going to let me go back to behavioral sciences. Yeah. Right? Well, what's funny is in the next episode, he's back to wiretaps. Oh my God. So I don't know what happened, but he, he is back to wire. So it's like this one out of, should this one be like in a, in not in sequence? Should it be later? In the I season, don't, maybe? I don't know. I just know. I thought that was funny because I thought, Oh, he finally, he finally got away from the wiretaps. And then the next episode he's back doing that. So I don't know what happened. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously I haven't watched the next episode yet. I don't know that. So yeah, I, I just yeah. watched it this morning. So, so. Okay. yeah. I mean, all that said, though, aside, you know, and including the lack of vampires, this may have been the best ending of any episode so far, I think. Like, think I so? really like this ending. Okay. Like, with him just, him just, like, he gets that, like, because it, it, it's that thing that I always talk about that they don't do. Where they always try and do too much at the end. Yeah. Right? And it's like, leave it more ambiguous. And so it's like, he sees that on his phone, and then he's just sitting there. And then we fade to black like we always do and we get the credits. But as we do that, we get, you know, Scully increasingly being like, you know, hello. Hello, Mulder, is that you? Mulder, where are you? Mulder, Mulder, where are you? Like she's getting like, you know, like upset, like not upset, like mad, but she's getting concerned. Like there's more concern in her voice and her voice is getting louder. And that's just how it ends. And I'm like, that's a really good ending. I mean, that would be like an ending that you would think like almost maybe like a season ender or like if it's a two-parter and then like what's going to happen with Mulder next episode. But apparently it's just we're going to have another episode. We're not even going to talk about it. But it's like that was a really good ending. I like that ending. But. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. I did think that it was a little silly to have the words on the screen. But once you like like you pointed out, like the fact that it's not really established that they're even real. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. And I don't know, like I've said it before, I'm a fan of like the Mulder is maybe slightly unhinged and doesn't realize it. And is maybe there's some stuff going on that maybe he's mm -hmm. not a super reliable narrator of his own reality. He's had his mind wiped. I think he's been hit in the head a couple times. I mean, we know Scully's been hit in the head several times. Yeah. Um, I think Mulder has, right? And then now he got like chemicaled, right? Right. So who knows? So yeah, I thought, I mean, it's a pretty solid episode. There's just so much happening. And I feel like, that worked against it. And also some of the stuff, like the logistical stuff, like I get that it's a small town, but the idea of getting everyone to take a cholesterol test in like 12 hours so that you can- That's what I mean. It's a, chemical, it seems like to be, that it's like, just... we're a small town, but we have like this and we have our own college and we have this and we have this and we have like this huge sheriff's department and we have, it's just, yeah. I mean, in a town like this, everyone would have been vaccinated for COVID in like a day. Like yeah. <laughs> they're organized, I guess, so- well, and also, like, Mulder and Scully go to Edward's house the same day that the nurse was there. Oh, yeah. No, it's... And so, like, they've already got 10, the 30. list of, like, this, here's the list of people we couldn't get a hold of. And then we've already gone... Of those 25, we've already crossed off all the other names except for seven more. So, they're really... That's some... Like, if you've got a population that you think would support a community college and a bus line and all these other things and have a sizable police department like how many people did you send out to do all these blood tests like oh my I mean, god i would say the town would probably be thirty thousand at a minimum would be my guess that's a lot of people yeah and also it's three hours so the nurse comes at 10 30 they're at his house at 1 30 so that's like not that long yeah I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, logistically, I had some suspension of disbelief issues because I was just like, no, 
this isn't mm-hmm. going to work out. But and I don't know. remember the numbers, but remember in um, Beyond the Sea when they had to canvas the neighborhood that they thought was it was it Beyond the Sea or was it no? I don't. It think was it. was it Lazarus where they had to canvas an area? Yeah, I think it was. It was, Lazarus. It was Lazarus. That's what it was. Where they had a canvas area where they thought they were because they'd heard the airplane and all that kind of stuff. And they talked about like a thousand households and if they had like this many men, it would take this long to do it. We're talking like a town and they've managed to like do it like in a day. Yeah. So either it's really impressive organization in the town or who knows. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's time for ratings. Okay. <laughs> Ah, uh, I don't know. This episode was so because it's it kind of reminded me of EBE in the way that it's just so much happening that it's just like what even happened? Yeah. And then also the lone gunman were there <laughs> randomly. Yay! I mean, I love the lone gunman. Don't get me wrong. I always think they're really funny. They're good comic relief. No, and they they were good in this one too. They were I was good. I was not and I was not expecting to see them. I mean, I guess that would be the case in almost any of them. Now that yeah, I haven't just, seen they all the episodes, they just appear. So yeah. yeah. Oh, but it wasn't my favorite episode, and I, I don't think it was bad. What? Really? Yeah, well... I mean, I I mean, I mean, get the lack of vampires maybe pushing yeah. it just barely over the edge, but... Oh. Well, I mean, I can, you know, there are a lot of X-Files episodes without <laughs> vampires, and I've managed to deal so far. I think it's mostly just that, like, I don't know, it just wasn't my favorite, given, like, I feel like... I'm going to give it, like, a five, because I think it's good. Okay. And I do... Your thing about the ending made me kind of reconsider it because I do like that a little bit. But I think I'm going to stick with the five because I didn't like it as much as the host. But I don't think it's a bad episode. It wasn't one where I'm like, oh, no, this episode, I'm not going to rewatch this on a marathon. It was just. Well, would you have still given it a five if I hadn't said anything about the ending? I was kind of going between four and five. So I think I'm giving it a five. But I might have lowballed the host. I don't know. I'll say, ironically, I'm going to give it a four. Oh, interesting. That is funny. Yeah. Even though it's got the best ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, got the best ending, but not, you know. Not the best episode. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's, it's weird because, like, like, there's no part in this that kind of isn't interesting. Yeah. No, it's, it's just there's, it's just nothing seems to, like, connect and you don't get, I mean, I guess you don't always have to get, like, a nice, tidy wrap up, but, like, they kind of expect you to think that you're getting a nice tidy wrap up, but you're really not. And I think that's where the problem is. Like the episode seems to be like, and here's our solution all done. Bye-bye. And, but we didn't get that. Like we didn't really get an explanation. So I think that's why. Well, but. and also we don't have any idea if the murders are going to stop now. Like we stopped one person who well, I guess I mean, hasn't been Boulder exposed. Older was told all done. Bye-bye. So I'm guessing it's done. Yeah. So yeah, and I so I guess we did because if no one else has the chemical in their system and it's the chemical, then that would be the last guy. And if it's the CIA doing some kind of test, then they just told Mulder they're not doing the test anymore. So yeah. either way, I guess. And we assume okay. Winter is going to stick to his agreement of they're going to stop the spraying. I mean, not sure. To say the spraying was the murder, so I mean, he'll stick to it for a little bit. <laughs> I don't trust that guy. Me neither. But... Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you know. That was blood. <laughs> that was blood. No vampires. Alas. Alas. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet. 
Episode production, editing, and mixing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And the truth is what we make of it by the agrarians. You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like The X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch episode four. Season two. Sleepless. And try to figure out if the the truth truth is still still out there. there. Episode. All right, sorry. Stop. <laughs> zero, zero vampires. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear.